0: Welcome to Deepening Our Faith, a podcast series by the National Office for Evangelization. If you have any questions, please visit us evangelizeAustralia.com. Enjoy. I heard a story a couple of years ago which really disturbed me. Cardinal Turan, uh, French bishop who's prefect of the council in Rome that deals with interreligious dialogue, dialogue with other world religions, talked about sitting on a metro station in Paris and hearing two young men talk behind him. One was a Muslim and one was a, presumably a Catholic, a Christian certainly. And the Muslim asked the Catholic about God. He said, we Muslims believe that there is only one God. This is our most fundamental belief. How is it that you Christians say that God is three, Father, Son and Holy Spirit? And I'd always understood the story as the Catholic saying in response that he didn't know. However, I was in Rome on the Australian Catholic bishops ad limina visit and asked Cardinal Turan if the story was true, and he said, oh, yes, it is. But he said, the Catholic didn't say, I don't know. He just said nothing. He was completely silent. And that's a great tragedy, that a young Catholic couldn't say to a Muslim why he believed God was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what makes us Christians, the fact that we believe that God, who is one, is at the same time a trinity of persons. One God, three persons. And the creed, which is, takes up the first, an analysis of which takes up the first part of the Catechism of the Catholic Church and so of the Compendium, is where we find an account of our faith and we recite that creed of a Sunday at Mass. We believe in the Father, we believe in the Son, and we believe in the Holy Spirit. So it's incredibly important for a Catholic to know what he or she believes, to be able to give an account of their faith as it's contained in the creed. They wouldn't have any difficulty talking about their family or talking about their country. But their identity is also their religious identity. They're Catholics, they're Christians. And it's terribly important that we can say why we believe what we believe. And even simply to explain it, what it is we believe, particularly in this world today where people bump up against each other all the time, people of different religions and no religion at all. We need to know who we are and to be able to say it to others. So the creed is incredibly important to us. And the creed, or at least what we profess we believe in the creed, is something that we have come to believe because it was revealed to us by Jesus Christ. Jesus is always at the centre of our faith. So we begin the creed by saying, I believe. I was in a debate or a dialogue in 2010 at James Cook University in Townsville with a young man who was president of the Atheist Philosopher's Society and in front of 150 university students, we dialogued about the existence of God. About half the students said they didn't believe in God and half said they did. And when I was talking to the young man I said look the God you don't believe in or that you don't believe exists I don't believe in either. The God I believe in is is someone way beyond what you're talking about. God for me is a mystery. Every other word we use We can explain, we can talk about cats and houses because the cat we're talking about is one of many cats, so we know what the word means. But the word God is the word that we use to say what we cannot say, to name what is unnameable, to, uh, to designate what we really can't understand or imagine, God, because God doesn't fit into anything. God is beyond our minds and our emotions and our imaginations. And I said this to the young man, but I said, I believe, I, I have come to an intellectual conviction that God exists because of my understanding of modern science. The young atheist had come to the conclusion that God could not exist because of modern science, whereas modern science for me only made sense if there is a God, but beyond my intellectual conviction that there is a God, I also believe in God. I have a relationship with God. I love God. I pray to God. And this is only possible because of Jesus Christ, who has revealed the Father to me and told us that he would send the Holy Spirit when he returned to the Father. So God for me, this extraordinary mystery has become the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's what the Creed contains, our profession of faith in God who is one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And each part of the Creed talks about one of the persons. The first part talks of the Father, naturally. And the Father is always linked to creation. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, creator of all things, visible and invisible. And it's important that we understand what that means too. In our world today, ecology, concern for the environment is is absolutely one of the most important developments in our culture, that we should have this concern. But we need to be able to say where human beings fit in creation and how they relate to the rest of the created order. And we Christians have a particular perspective on this because we believe that everything that exists comes from God, that it's created. And at the centre of creation was the human being, male and female, God created them. And human beings were given a responsibility to, to care for the rest of the earth. So we don't just see human beings as part of creation. We see them as unique within creation. And all of this is explored uh, when we try to understand what it means to call God creator in the compendium of the Catholic Church, of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And God created the male and female. So sexuality and marriage that comes from it and the families that flow from the marriage are willed by God. Our sexuality is good and beautiful. And we're loved as males and females by God. All of this we can discover if we begin to explore our creed. Then the second part of the creed, of course, we talk of Jesus Christ. And I have another little story about a Muslim. uh, And they're often very important dialogue partners for us. And a priest friend of mine in Sydney was in dialogue with a Muslim. Mm -hmm about their respective religions and eventually the Muslims said I've come to learn that Christianity isn't a religion it's a relationship. A religion is something that where we can name what people believe, how they worship what their moral code is, how they're governed and so on and we can compare religions and you can do that with Christianity but you don't understand it if you do that The only way you can understand it is talking about Jesus Christ and seeing Christians as people who know and love him and seek to follow him and whose own lives are filled with his life, who have become one with him through their baptism and who enter into the most intimate renewal of that relationship every time they receive him in Eucharist and who hear his voice still when the word is proclaimed and whose lives are governed therefore by the energies that flow from his heart and his mind because they're one with him. Jesus Christ and our relationship with him is what our religion, our our faith is all about. And so the whole section of the creed which explores the fact that he is both truly God and truly man without either of them giving way to the other. So he's not God pretending to be human, and he's not a human being whom God decided to use and take over. He's truly God and fully human at the same time. And what does that mean? That's the very centre of our faith. It's, that, it's the extraordinary mystery. That's why when we're professing the creed on really solemn occasions, we're asked to bow our head when we name the fact that the Son of God took flesh of the Virgin Mary and became man. This awesome mystery which we remember at Christmas. That's why Christmas is so important, not just because it's a great family celebration, which it is, and that it's a beautiful story of the angels and the shepherds, which it is. I preached once in a church at a family liturgy for Christmas time and The church had this wonderful crucifix above the altar and the Christmas crib, the the scene of Bethlehem was in front of the altar. And I said, Christmas is so important because the little baby there became the man who died upon the cross for us. I got into terrible trouble after the liturgy from some mums who said their kids got upset because he said baby Jesus died. And I realized it probably wasn't a good thing to talk about at the children's liturgy, but it was the right thing to talk about in other contexts. The child born in Bethlehem became, grew to be the man who died on the cross at Calvary. Christmas and Easter are intimately connected. They belong together because the story of Jesus, born in Bethlehem, the story of his preaching, teaching, healing, Proclaiming the kingdom of God reached its climax when he was executed because of who he was and what he did. But he rose triumphant. And we profess that. We believe that he rose from the dead. And because he rose triumphant, there's nothing in our world, no force of evil, no, no powers that, that have any power anymore. He's conquered them all. And so as we struggle to live good lives, we, we can rely upon the power of his resurrection. There is nothing that can overpower us, nothing in our hearts or from outside that can destroy our desire to, to be the best and to do what we know we ought to do and to, to live full and loving lives. All of this because of Jesus. And, and that's what we profess in our faith, simple words to say we... We believe in Jesus, true God and true man. And we mention that he was born of the Virgin Mary, so we we can't find him without this remarkable woman who said yes to being his mother and conceived the Son of God in her womb. Extraordinary. But as St Augustine and the popes have always said, she received him in faith, she received him in her mind before she received him in her body. She was the great believer. Yes, she said, to the mystery of what God wanted to do. So she's the model for we struggling believers because we don't have as pure a faith as she does. And we we struggle a bit, all of us, to, to understand and to keep believing when we're under pressure. And Mary is a model for that. And she gave us Jesus in Bethlehem. So she's always pictured with him giving him to us. In, in Australia, we call her help of Christians because of that, because she gave us Jesus and continues to pray for us. So there's so much to explore about Jesus in the, that section of the Creed. And then we say we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who spoke through the prophets and so on. Because Christmas led to Easter and then Jesus was ascended into heaven and returned to the Father. But he promised that he would send the Spirit and the Spirit came and if the Spirit had not come we'd have not been able to understand what Jesus had taught us and we'd have lost our memory of everything that he'd given us. But the Spirit became the living memory of the Church. The third person of the Trinity lives in the church as its living memory holding it faithful and coming to each of us in our baptism our confirmation the spirit came to me in my ordination as a priest and then my ordination as a bishop the spirit guides us the spirit comes in the eucharist we pray send your spirit upon these gifts of bread and wine that they may become the body and blood of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. So the Spirit comes. The Spirit's the one all the time bringing us to Jesus. So we'd have no capacity to believe if the Spirit didn't give us faith, if the Spirit wasn't drawing us to Jesus and helping us to love and to, to understand and to give our lives eventually, we hope, to Jesus. So to explore our faith in the Holy Spirit can only enhance our capacity to live as Christians because to live a Christian life is to live life in the Spirit. And the Spirit will always take us to Jesus. At the end of the Eucharistic prayer, we offer offer all glory and praise to the Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit's drawing us together through, with, and in Jesus. So you see in that end of the Eucharistic prayer how God for us is Trinity. In Jesus, we have the same relationship with the Father that he has. We become children of the Father. And we're made one with him in our baptism by the gift of the Spirit. And we're made one with each other by the Spirit. So we say we live in the unity of the Holy Spirit. And in, with, and through Jesus, we give everything to the Father. Then the creed goes on to talk about the church. And this is, this is something else that we easily forget. It's rather popular these days in an age of individualism to say, I, and not so much we, I want this, or I think this, or I believe, or I... And people tend to say, that's my truth, you have your truth, etc. But that's not true for us. When we say I believe, our I becomes immediately a we, because what we're professing is the faith of the church, the creed that we're professing is a creed forged in the early councils of the church, when the bishops came together to debate and to discuss and to work through, to discern what the faith of the church was, what the faith was that they'd been given by Jesus and were being led to understand by the Holy Spirit. So it becomes the faith of the people. It becomes the faith of the bishops with the Pope. It's the faith of the entire church. And when you come for baptism, you're asked questions. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator? And you say, I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? His only, I do. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, Lord? And I do, you say. And your faith then is the faith of the church. And the priest says, this is our faith. This is the faith of the church. We're proud to profess it in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the faith of the individual is the faith of the church. And it's my wish that every Catholic would rejoice when they hear that at a baptism and in their hearts would say, yes, This is our faith. This is the faith of the church, and and it would be true for them. We are proud to profess it in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So if we don't want to be speechless when asked questions, and if we want to be able to give an account of the hope that is in us to a world that doesn't even know that there is a God half the time, we have to know what we believe. And the place to turn to is our creed because it's an account of a God who is one but three. And a good place to come to an understanding of the creed is the compendium of the catechism. If you would like more information about what you've just heard, please contact us at info at evangelizeAustralia.com or visit our website evangelizeaustralia.com.